Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Silver Salvage Podcast. Before I get into today's topic, I just want to set expectations. Um, following last week's podcast with Tyler, uh, which literally broke all of our rating records, um, I'm sure just because it's Tyler and she's uh, cuter and uh, funnier and more entertaining than I am, um, uh, she's not here this week, so you're stuck with me again. Um, I do promise that uh, Steve is going to be coming back. Uh, Steve has been transitioning to a new position with uh, one of his other jobs, and he um, he was unavailable for the past few weeks, but he will be back. And because you all like so much listening to Tyler and hearing from her and how she kind of controls us and manages us, because honestly, if it wasn't for her being able to control and manage Steve, myself, the rest of the guys at Masada, um, we'd be a mess. So we'll hear from her in the future as well. Uh, But today you're stuck with me. And today's episode is actually an answer to a question that came up as one of our Masada Tactical YouTube videos. And in that YouTube videos, I started discussing what is the best weapon for home defense. And today's podcast, I'm going to answer some questions and kind of elaborate past the five-minute video that we posted a few weeks back, which I will link into this um, episode notes, so you can find it on YouTube if you want to. But with that said, here's today's episode. So, what's the best weapon for home defense? That is a loaded question. And the reality is that there is no one such weapon. There is a bunch of variables that we need to consider. And uh, right off the get-go, I will I will say this. You will get the weapon that works for you most of the time. But nothing works all of the time. There's always going to be situations, scenarios, what-ifs, where your chosen tool of choice um, just doesn't fit the bill, right? Um to give you a simple example, let's say my weapon of choice is a pistol, but now all of a sudden my environment requires me to engage a target further away, my pistol is no longer my ideal tool. So over time what you find yourself doing is you're going to start with the tool that works for you most of the time, and over time you're going to start acquiring more weapons to fit, fill those gaps of what your primary um, option just didn't work for. Before we discuss specific weapons again, I do want to emphasize one more thing. I don't care what tool you have, what weapon you choose, uh, training is key. So whether it's a shotgun, a rifle, a pistol, um, a knife, whatever it is that you decide that you want to uh, rely on, you have to make sure you get the training that um, will make you better at it. And when I talk about training, training is not limited to just um, how to use that weapon, right? So not just the nomenclature and the uh, controls and how to shoot a target in a square range. Training also include running through defensive evolutions. So seek classes uh, by instructors that are credible to run you through different evolutions that will teach you how to manipulate the weapon under stress, how to do uh, different fundamental manipulations, I would say, such as malfunction clearings and uh, reloads and changing of angles, 
uh, in different positioning and presentation from different uh, positions just because a lot of that we cannot practice in a square wrench. Uh, and once you get appropriate training, you got to keep working on your own, right? So a lot of this we can practice dry. So drawing a weapon from concealment, um, yeah, I want an instructor to teach me how to do it right. But once he did, it's on me to keep practicing that. And that does not require a lot of money, does not require a lot of time. It requires a safe training area that is sterile with no ammunition. Um, somewhere in my house where I know I'm safe and people around me are safe. And I can practice drawing uh, multiple times, multiple days, and really own that skill set, right? So certainly training in a more practical, realistic application use of the farm itself. Your training should also evolve scenarios. So not just how to manipulate the farm, but also understanding the environment, understanding the context. Um, if, for example, other bystanders are on, they can be family members, they can be your teammates, whatever it is, right? If I don't practice with uh, scenarios that include such evolutions, then the first time that would happen, which arguably that's why we want a weapon for home defense, right? To protect those individuals, then I need to run through those scenarios. Um, training should also include some sort of legal um, understanding, whatever your jurisdiction, your state um, requires. Okay, so what are you allowed and not allowed to do? How to justify use of force for uh, defensive self-defense, and that was redundant and didn't make much sense grammatically. But for any self-defense situation, right, if I'm going to use a firearm with the intent of protecting myself, how do I articulate that correctly? How do I account for um, levels of force, totality of circumstances? And again, each state and each, each jurisdiction with each, within a state can also have its own uh, specific rules and laws. So um, I need to certainly be well versed in um, in that as well. So again, regardless of the weapon that you choose, uh, training is paramount. And again, get training from a certified, credible instructor. Ideally, that instructor will um, will have some real life experience and knowledge, have experience teaching, and hopefully also be a good teacher or instructor himself, right? Because I've seen some. Uh, phenomenal operators uh, that I would go into battle with any day but when you put them in front of a class um, they don't transfer, translate or transfer that information as well so certainly find someone that can teach you uh, but also ideally has been there has walked the walk uh, and not just talks the talk right so people that um, I've carried a weapon for a livelihood, whether military, law enforcement, professional security, right? Um, if they deploy the weapon in their uh, roles, okay, so they can talk first and empirically about how that feels, what happened, what does not happen, what is fluff that some people just teach and what is real. And that uh, certainly is important for you as a student to know. So let's break down the weapon systems and for simplicity, um, I'm going to break it into three main categories, which I already mentioned. We're going to have shotguns. Uh, typically, people refer to 12-gauge or 20-gauge uh, pump action, although semi-automatics are becoming more and more um, common. Um, so that would be one weapon system. The other weapon system would be a rifle. So some uh, sort of a modern sporting rifle, okay, uh, MSR, which uh, a lot of people refer to as an AR. I'm not, not going to get into the politics or the semantics 
I'm just going to leave it at AR is not an assault rifle. It stands for Armalite rifle, which was the first manufacturer of uh, that specific mechanism. And um, today that design includes a lot of uh, various calibers and uh, a lot of various options. And it's just, it's a good rifle. It's used all around between competitions and hunting and can certainly also be used for home, home defense. And last but not least, the pistol, be it a semi-automatic or revolver. Again, um, there's only so much we can kind of go into the nitty-gritty in this podcast. Uh, but all those three platforms allow for some sort of advantage and some sort of disadvantage. So not one of them is perfect. So let's start with the shotgun, because shotgun seems to be the go-to for a lot of people when we talk about home defense, right? And they the good old saying about that the sound of racking a shotgun specifically a pump action right uh that would be enough to scare someone away and it may be true it may not be true and i don't know that i want to necessarily count on it so psychology and intimidation certainly plays a role in in home defense and self-defense uh but if you consider the criminal element and then them knowing uh, what that sound is um that may just be a trigger for them to, oh, well, there's a gun here too. I'm going to try and go and get my hands on it. Uh, so again, unless you have the training to uh, tactically move towards an objective and retain that firearm, if the adversary is a close distance, um, it's something to keep in mind. The biggest issue with a shotgun, in my mind, there are two big issues, actually. One of them is typically the length. Shotguns are not short. Um, they are lengthier, they're even longer than typical uh, MSR, so those rifles. Um, and if I'm considering the average size of a typical apartment or home, um, that takes some, some wielding that thing around corners and hallways and doorways, uh, which would make it a little bit uh, cumbersome, right? So again, training is going to be key if that is what you choose to go with. But understand that it's going to be harder to move around a house with a shotgun than it would be to move around a house with something smaller. Um, the other issue is obviously managing recoil, right? And depending on the loads, whether you have bird shots or slugs, right? Because um, people say, well, I'm not going to have to shoot more than one, so I don't care about the recoil. I'm like, well, it depends what you shoot. depends if you hit them. depends how bad you hurt them. And one thing that we all have to keep in mind, a person, unlike the movies does not necessarily go down if they sh got shot. Uh, there's other parameters we have to consider, such as where they got hit, right? what they got hit with. Um, so they may or may not, and uh, it's not something I want to count on, certainly. And with a shotgun, if I cannot manage that recoil, if that hurts my shoulder because 12 gauge is a big round and with a significant amount of recoil, if I cannot control that, did I actually solve the problem? Or did I put myself in a worse position? So again, some of the limitations. There is no doubt that getting hit with a 12-gauge round, uh, you know, certainly with a slug, that would be a big, big hole in the other person. They're probably not getting up from that one. Um, or bird shots, which will pecker them, depending on the distance and how big the spread is and the choke you up. Again, variables, right? Um, so depending on what you hit them with, um, that may or may not... Uh, stop the fight uh, but it is a good tool um, there's a reason it's used for hunting uh, there's a reason it is used for breaching and there are a lot of tactical elements that do use a shotgun as their primary 
uh, weapon system uh, offensively and defensively. It is certainly a good tool, and I don't want to sway anybody away from a shotgun. I just want you to make an educated decision and understand the limitations of a shotgun. There's a fly flying around here, and if I had a shotgun, I would have taken it out now. Anyways, moving on to an MSR, okay? So MSR, again, Modern Sporting Rifle, what's commonly known as an AR-type rifle. We're talking semi-automatic because I will exclude, for purposes of this podcast, um, a bolt-action rifle, what typically is used for hunting. Uh, just because, again, they are bigger, they are limited to one round at a time, and unless you really are proficient in manipulating that really fast and work that bolt ejector run, feed the next one in, again, depending on your calibers, depending on um, whether it has a magazine, detachable or not, and so forth, I don't know that a typical hunting rifle uh, would be the way to go, but an MSR is certainly a good option. They come in a variety of configurations, a variety of different calibers, right? The most common being 223 or 556. They're very similar, slight differences in chamber pressure, but again, not going to get into the nitty gritty. Uh, most rifles will be able to shoot either or, right? So uh, rifles will say 223 slash 556, or they would say something like multi. Um, allowing you to uh, fire both those rounds. Again, they're extremely similar. Um, so MSR is, is great, right? The 223-556 round is a fast round. So depending on the uh, makeup of your house or apartment, something to keep in mind because that round will travel through drywall and potentially the next wall after that. So depending on the layout of your, uh, your home. Um, the biggest advantage of of a rifle is that I can hit targets further away because I can attach optics to it and I can attach flashlights to it and because of the ballistics I can hit a target that's anywhere I would say past a pistol range let's say 25-50 meters depending on the shooter right all the way up to 5-600 meters is probably as effective as a 5.56 round would go anything past that I'm losing a lot of ballistics and I probably want something bigger but up to about 500 meters so if i have a farm let's say or i have a bigger property and i'm concerned about anything from coyotes coming in to uh, home intrusion um, a rifle may be a very good option uh, typically i have a 16 inch barrel overall length of about 31 32 inches so they're not as long as a shotgun so easier to manipulate if they have a collapsible stock, again, depending on where you are in the country, some states do not allow them, some states do. If it has a collapsible stock, it can be shorter than that um, or longer, depending on uh, on your size and the rifle itself. Uh, so again, um, I have some play and some options there. And um, reminding again, something I mentioned, is that I can add different accessories um, from optics to uh, flashlight if you want to get fancy and get night vision or uh, heat um, vision type uh, optics you can get those as well and mount them on those rifles a magazine would be anywhere from 10 rounds in a restrictive state to a 30 round which is the most typical one and you can even have a drum of 100 rounds if you wanted to so certainly can carry more ammunition than a would with a pistol or a shotgun so those are some of the big advantages. Some of the disadvantages, again, um, 5.56 at its essence is a 22 caliber round. So just something to keep in mind. I need to know how to use a rifle. I need to know how to manipulate it, present it, work around corners, um, and make sure I get good hits because it is a smaller caliber, um, even though it's a very fast round. 
Um, other issues are, is it something that you're realistically going to keep next to your bed? Um, again, it's not something I can put in my drawer. So um, that is something I want to consider depending on where I live, um, depending on what I need. Um, a rifle may or may not fit my bill. And lastly, we have the pistol. Uh, pistol is my go-to. Um, again, not saying that's perfect for everybody, but I live in a very urban environment. I don't need to engage targets far away. The biggest distance in my house from one end to the, of a hallway to the other is probably about, I don't know, 15 meters. So give or take 15 yards, right? Um, so I can do that with a pistol effectively. I can keep it next to my bed. Um, I'm very comfortable using it because that is my tool of choice anyways uh, operationally um, mine does have a red dot optic if I want to use that it does have a flashlight attached to it so it gives me that option as well so I can identify my target and being compact I can uh, wield it around and go around corners and change angles and positions real easily um, without feeling too um, tight or cumbersome or um, like I'm carrying a big stick that I need to uh, move around furniture and people and always um, so obviously don't have that with a pistol um, So something to consider people ask me about revolvers. I'm a big fan of revolvers. Uh, my nightstand gun is a revolver um, Again because I'm of the belief that under stress we become the stupidest version of ourselves, meaning that under stress um, giving you the example of 2.30 in the morning you hear some crash in the house you're waking up from a dream your cognitive function, your dexterity, your fine motor skills all going to be deteriorated. Uh, the nice thing about a revolver is I don't have magazines to feed, safeties to manipulate. Um, and if there is a malfunction in the sense that I pull the trigger and nothing happens, all I have to do is pull the trigger again and it's going to rotate the cylinder and line up the next round and hopefully I'm back in play. So it's very user-friendly and again I, I consider it to be a stupid gun because there's nothing fancy about it you just point the direction of the threat and pull the trigger um, also variety of calibers 38 special being the most common uh, which it is close in diameter to what a nine millimeter would be it's typically a little bit longer so um, certainly has a little more oomph behind it and you can take that 38 special um, and use it also in 357 magnums or you can use an actual 357 magnum which is even bigger round right and you can go up or down from there they do make revolver in the same calibers as semi-automatic so 9mm 45 uh, so if you want to stick to one caliber across multiple weapon systems uh, so certainly something you can consider uh, so there you go I don't know if I answered the question um, or did or just confused you more um, but certainly some things to consider if you uh, where you live the structure uh, material wise of your house or apartment right uh, how concerned I am about other people the space the distance how close is police response uh, that is something you want to consider how easy it is for me to secure the weapon so I have kids in the house I don't want weapons just laying around right so it's something um, I can easily do with a pistol, uh, not as easy with a rifle, next to my bed at least, right? Um, so those are all considerations you want to keep in mind and make that work for you. I swear to God, this fly is going to die. I wish I had a fly swatter here. That would be fun. Um, anyways, 
that is what I got to you as far as weapons. Please, please, please let me know if you have any questions, if you want advice as far as a specific weapon uh, from a brand to a caliber to whether or not it's the right choice for you. Um, there's certainly personal considerations as well. It's not just the environment, but also how strong is my grip. If I cannot pull the trigger on a double action revolver, maybe that's not my... Uh, should not be my weapon of choice, right? So what are you comfortable, your statue, uh, your strength? Uh, shorter people probably should not be handling, uh, I don't know, a 22-inch barrel um, shotgun because it's going to be about as tall as they are and it's going to be hard for them to move it around, right? So again, you have to consider all those elements. So certainly uh, hit me up. Let me know if you have any questions about any of that. I'll be more than happy to give you individual advice and guide you in the right direction. And as always, uh, make sure you keep following us. Uh, please uh, share these podcasts with other people. Uh, let them know. Um, tag us, tag Silver Savage uh, when you share it. And until next time, stay savage.